If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 8. Hebrews chapter number 8. And uh, we will begin our reading at verse number 10. For the sake of contextual continuity, I've been assigned verses 11, 12, and 13. But we will begin our reading at verse number 10. And we will read down to verse number 13. Hebrews chapter 8. Beginning at verse number verse number ten, and of course, good to see good comrades who are here, friends that I've uh, been blessed to know and uh, to encourage and support over the the years. Good to see you in the house this morning. Hebrews chapter number eight, beginning at verse number ten. If you have it, say Amen. Amen. Hear hear the Spirit. There, the Hebrews writer says, "For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days," saith the Lord. Quoting the Lord, he says, or, or speaking for God, he says, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Is that in your Bible? He goes on to say, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. In that he saith, the new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. For the next few moments, I want to share a thought with you from uh, this inspired text. And the assigned subject, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Anybody glad that he's going to be merciful uh, to our unrighteousness? Someone has well said that forgiveness does not erase the past, uh, but it does enlarge the future. Uh, because a past forgiven can often fuel our hope for a prosperous future. Uh, that is why forgiveness has been described as the economy of the heart. Uh, in that it saves all parties involved the expense and the anger of unforgiveness and hatred. And of course, the, the highest manifestation and principles of forgiveness are personified in God's willingness to give up his right to hurt us for hurting him. Uh, when we put our total trust in uh, the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ, and obey from the heart that form of doctrine. And it, and it is that, that very, those very blessings of God, it is that very blessing and promise of, of forgiveness that inspired the words of our text this morning. Uh, if you'll allow me to jog your memory for just a moment, uh, you'll remember that the new covenant with its better blessings and promises is in full of force and in full effect. Uh, Christianity has spread, but uh, has been met with intense persecution on every side and on every level. And and for that uh, that for that reason, and and at this point, it, it would have been easier for Jewish converts to Christianity to simply turn their back on the better things found in Christ for the familiar things of Judaism under the old covenant law. And it is it is with that 
that backdrop that uh, the Hebrews writer picks up his pen in Hebrews chapter 8 to encourage his brothers and uh, his sisters in Christ to, to not give up on the better things possessed in Christ of the new covenant. And, and as, as if he could, he could find no, no better words, he echoes a, a familiar prophetic voice and, and quotes the words of God's man from Jeremiah 31. You know the text. Uh, uh, here, uh, here in our text, the, the Hebrews writer quotes God's man, and he, he reminds the people of, of the superiority of uh, the new covenant uh, because it was, it was out of their new covenant relationship relationship in Christ and through the indwelling presence of God that God says to them in verse number 11 of our text that they shall teach every man his no they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest Listen, it's worth pointing out that in the lifetime of Jeremiah and others who were living under the old covenant, uh, the people of God perpetually and perennially leaned on the priests and the rabbis to gain access to God and to gain understanding and familiarity with God. And, and for uh, many, this resulted in the unfortunate reality uh, that their understanding and uh, their familiarity with God was shaped and shaded by another man's study and another man's experience of God. Uh, but God says that a day was going to come uh, when they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, uh, for all shall know me uh, from the least of them uh, to the greatest. Uh, now listen, before, before we, we go too far, it, it's worth pointing out that the contrast between the two Greek terms uh, know uh, that are used here in verse number 11 of our text, uh, where the first Greek phrase know the Lord carries the idea of coming to know or coming to understand God as the result of instruction. Uh, the second phrase, all shall know me, uh, carries the idea of recognizing God for yourself. Uh, I wish I had a church in here. I said it conjures the idea of taking God in uh, and interrogating God and scrutinizing God for yourself uh, and then surrendering to him and submitting to him in light of what you have found after scrutinizing him. In other words, God says a day is going to come when there is going to be intimacy with divinity. Uh, everybody in covenant relationship with God would sense God in their spirit uh, and encounter God uh, by experience for themselves. Uh, and I've come by to encourage every soul in the house this morning uh, that when you have covenant relationship with God that leads to intimate relationship with God, uh, you enjoy a passionate relationship with God uh, that nobody can teach you uh, because you have experienced it for yourself. Oh my God, am I, am I talking to anybody in here who can say, I know what I know about God and I believe what I believe about God because my knowledge of God is tried and tested because I tasted and trusted and have seen for myself that the Lord is good. I'm talking to somebody in here that nobody has to tell 
tell you uh, who God is and what God is to you. Uh, you don't need a sermon or an inspirational nugget. Uh, you don't need a commentary or a seminary. Uh, you don't need a preacher or a praise report. Uh, you don't need a friend or any family. Uh, you don't need a cosigner or confirmation. Uh, you don't need a lectureship. Uh, you don't need a revival. Uh, you don't need a meeting. Uh, in fact, you can shout all by yourself uh, because you've seen all by yourself uh, what God can do in your life. The text goes on to say that it is through this, that, that, that personal and intimate knowledge of God that God would now relate to us in a different way. It was through that personal and intimate knowledge of God that God would now express his grace and pour out his mercy without our depravity frustrating his divinity. God can now flood us with favor even when we fail, fumble, and fall. God says in verse number 12, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. <laughs> uh, it's, worth, it's worth pointing out that this new manifestation of God's mercy toward our unrighteousness was only possible under the new covenant through the sacrificial death of Christ at Calvary. Uh, it was there at Calvary once and for all that God treated the sinless one as the sinful ones so he could treat the sinful ones as if they were the sinless one. In other words, Christ <laughs> became mercy, messy so that he could show mercy. And it, it, is, it is through that, that work at Calvary that God says those who are in intimate covenant relationship with me will never have their unrighteousness against them throw, uh, in the, it thrown up in their face in, in the court of heaven because I'm going to forgive their inability to live right by me, to, to live right by my laws. I'm going to deal with them on the basis of grace and mercy and not law and justice. But watch this. Watch this, y'all. Hey, listen, listen. If, 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 if it would have been good enough if God had just forgotten my sins forgiven my sins. But God says, because of the cross, I'm willing to do you one better. <laughs> uh, you don't have to worry about your sin slapping you in the face because your sins and your iniquity, he says, I will remember no more. God says, although you miss the mark and stray away uh, from my righteous ways, although you seek joy outside of my laws and have the audacity to detest my laws with your lawlessness and your wickedness, I will remember your sin no more. God says the only way there can ever be peace between us is this, if I find a way to forget your lawless behavior and your wicked heart. Because even on your best day, you still fall short. Y'all ain't helping me uh, of my glory. God says not only do you do the wrong things with the wrong heart, but he says sometimes you do the wrong thing with the right heart <laughs> and the right things with the wrong heart. Praise the Lord. Uh, and so he says you can't help but to get in your own way. And so I just have to find a way to forget. 
Now, to be clear, God, God's promise to, re, to remember no more is not a lack of awareness or acknowledge, uh, uh, acknowledgement. It is simply a decision for, for Christ's sake to not take rightful action against you and I when we fall short of the glory of God. And so where I deserve death, uh, he chooses deliverance. Uh, where I deserve punishment, he chooses patience. Uh, where I deserve vengeance. He chooses vindication. And where I fall down, he gives me a hand up. He remembers my sin no more. And finally, the, the Hebrews writer pins the proverbial knockout punch with the prophetic words of verse number 13. The text says in that he saith a new covenant. I don't have time to deal with it, but that new covenant, that new covenant uh, has more to do with superiority than it does sequence. Uh, 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 he says, in that he, he saith a new superior covenant, a new and improved covenant. He hath made the first one old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old. In other words, that which decays with age is ready to vanish away. He says it's about to, to be abolished and, and disappear. Uh, said another way, God, God stopped breathing life into what was now an ancient emaciated, withered corpse called the old law. The presence and the glory of God was no longer in that covenant. Uh, the, 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 the law, the old law was, was lifeless and, and had no, no vitality to it. And now they were to place their faith in the covenant that was vitalized and not the covenant that was being eulogized. Oh my God, if I had, if I, if I had time and if I thought y'all would help me, I'd talk about the fact that we've been guilty many times of feeding corpses that God is, is trying to starve to death. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if, I, if I had time, I would tell you that that there are things that we experience in our life. There are things that God is trying to do. There are times when God, praise the Lord, has, 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 has star tried to starve some things out. But we give an IV. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing. God pulls the plug and we roll in a backup generator. There, there have been times. Y'all ain't helping me. Y'all ain't saying nothing up in here. <laughs> when God has tried to kill what we are trying to keep alive. And so God, God says, listen, like, like, like a, a, a good investor doesn't throw good money after bad money. A sound believer doesn't throw good faith after bad faith. It's time to, to move on and move up. But ironically, uh, as superior as the new covenant is, uh, at, at the time of this writing, most of Israel was still embracing the Old Covenant. 
Uh, in fact, the, the relics remained erected. The uh, procedures and protocol were still in practice and, and priestly personnel were still in position until the temple was destroyed a few years later in A.D. 70. Listen, it's, it's worth, it's, it's in other words, in other words, Israel was so, was so fascinated with what God had done that they could not appreciate what God was doing. And now they were a nation of has. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I said, and so now they were a nation of has-beens. They could tell you what God has been, but they could not tell you who God was. Oh my God, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that if you're not careful, you, we can miss the move of God as a people. And we can miss the shift of God through the Holy Spirit in our lives and even in our congregations when we become so fixated on what God has done that we eliminate the possibility of what God can do. And at the risk of getting in trouble, I'm I might as well stop here and, and, and tell you that, that sometimes the things that we are unwilling, praise the Lord, to let go of uh, literally have to be torn down. I ain't getting no help up in here. That's all right. Uh, sometimes, sometimes when, when we refuse to let go, God has to find a way to literally tear down what we continue to hold up and, and build up, praise the Lord, so that we can go on to higher ground and do greater things for God. And so on my way to my seat, since y'all ain't helping me, I thought I'd tell you that, that there's a, there's, there's a good reason, church, why the biggest piece of glass in the front of you when you're driving your car is the windshield. And not the rear view mirrors. Uh, they, 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 they want you to spend uh, the majority of your time focusing on the road ahead. Y'all ain't saying nothing up in here. I'm not. While periodically glancing at the road behind you. I, I, I know that's right. I, and some time ago, I, uh, I had to catch an a, a early flight going somewhere. And, and I was going to be gone for a few days, uh, Dr. Shabazz. And, and uh, I had somebody that could pick me up at the airport when I got back. Uh, but I didn't have anybody uh, that, could, that could take me to the airport to catch my early flight. And, and so I did something I swore I would never do. I, 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 I caught an Uber. Doc, I caught a, I caught a Uber. Now I, I just feel a way about a, a stranger that I've never met before driving me around. And, uh, but I, but but I, but I caught a Uber, and and uh, the driver he got to my my house on time, and that was that was a good thing. He was he was courteous, and he he put all of my stuff in in the trunk of the car, and we we began to ride. He was a nice man, and uh, as we began to drive, he struck up a conversation, and uh, he asked me uh, uh, what I did for a living and where I was going and I, I told him where I was going and I told him that that I was a that I was a preacher of the gospel that I was a, a member of the Church of Christ is brother Lawton here I said Church of Christ uh, 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 
uh, uh, he, <laughs> I told him I was a member, a minister of the Church of Christ, uh, uh, and uh, and I invited him to my church to to our church to come and to to worship with us whenever he had an opportunity, and 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 so we began to drive, and and we were having a good conversation every time I, uh, he would talk to me. Though he would he would look up in the rearview mirror to to make eye contact with me. And that was all right, but, but I noticed that, that the closer we got to the airport, the more talking he was doing and the more looking he was doing. Y'all ain't saying nothing in the, in, the, in the rear view mirror. And so we took the exit. This is a true story. We took the exit to get to the, uh, to the airport, and there are the way we were going, I, I know there are three roads that you can turn down to get to the airport. And so he was talking and he was he was running his mouth and, and sharing his his story and asking me to pray for this person and pray for that person. And and before I knew it, we missed the first exit. Now he's got his GPS, uh, but he, he and, and he knows that I mean, he can he can find his way, but he he missed the exit. And, and I thought to myself, well, OK, we still got two. We still got two more exits, and, and before I know it, he, he's still talking, and the next thing I know, we, we missed the second exit, the second turn, and, and by now, y'all, my attitude is getting bad. God ain't through with me yet, and, and, I, and I, 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 he's looking in the mirror talking to me, but he's missing, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying, he's missing his exits, and, and by now, my attitude is getting bad, and I, I want to tell him something, but he already knows I'm a minister of the Church of Christ, and, and I've already invited him, praise the Lord, uh, to my church. Uh, and so he's just talking and he, he's going on and, uh, and on and on. And, and finally, before we get to the, the next turn, the last turn, I had to cut him off in the middle of his sentence. And I said, look, man, look, bro. You're a nice guy and everything, and I'm going to pray for you, praise the Lord. But right now, I need you to stop looking at me in that mirror, and I need you to listen to your GPS because I've got somewhere that I'm trying to go. I need you to stop looking back at me. Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Watch this. I, I even had to get quiet on him. If I had time, I would talk about the fact that sometimes God has to get quiet so we stop talking and just... And so I, 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 I even stopped talking to him, and I started to look out the window so he would stop talking and pay attention and, and start driving, praise the Lord. I told him, listen, man, stop talking and just start driving. Look ahead of you and, and not behind you. And listen, all I'm saying uh, is that it's hard for us to get where God is trying to take us uh, when we spend so much time looking back at what God has been, uh, that we miss what God can be. Uh, I don't mean any harm, uh, but we've got too many has-been leaders uh, preaching to has-been members, uh, a has-been message uh, about a has-been God. Uh, but I've come by to tell you uh, that my God is not just uh, a has-been. Uh, I serve a God uh, who can and who will be. Uh, and I just wonder if there's anybody in the house who knows uh, that because you 
you serve a God uh, who, who will be. Uh, your best days are not behind you. Uh, your best days are yet ahead of you. Uh, your best days to, are not to come. Uh, they have not come and gone. Uh, your best days are yet to come. Uh, I know the future may be bleak. Uh, your circumstances may be shaky. Uh, your life may be lonely. Uh, you may be feeling stressed out and stressed out and worn out and burned out and freaked out. But, but keep your eyes on the road ahead uh, because the blessings of God are in front of you. Uh, the better things of God uh, are in front of you. The promises of God are in front of you. The miracles of God are in front of you because God has yet to do all that he can do and is going to do. God bless you.